This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. Tina Ratato Katoa, no my haramaki tereo irirangi nei, ko Geraldine Talking Ingwa. Welcome to the Environment Awareness Show brought to you by Extinction Rebellion Ōtipoti. We are going out on a Tuesday at 1pm with a replay on Saturday at 11am. You can listen to our podcasts by going to the Environment Awareness Show on the Otago Access Radio podcast page and you can send us comments and suggestions to our email address dunedin at extinctionrebellion.nz. We really appreciate your feedback. Well today I'm here with fellow uh, rebels Rosemary, Jean and Kyle. Tēnā koutou katoa. And I thought we'd begin, I'm always really interested to hear what brought you to this place of being a rebel in Extinction Rebellion Ōtipoti. What is the journey and what motivates you? So, tēnā koe anō, Rosemary, I'd love to start with you. Okay, thanks for, thanks for that. So for me, what is left? What is left to do? And I'm a grandma. Um, I've sort of been spending the last few years changing my life to be able to live in the future the way we're going to have to. So I don't fly, I drive a home-built electric car, I am, I'm off-grid, I've, I've built a small wooden house storing carbon, um, tried to downsize as much as possible with grandchildren nearby, and uh, all of those things. Uh, I, and I feel great about all of them, but there's something way, way, way more important to me and that is to work with others to try to prevent the biggest polluters continuing to destroy our future. So I see Extinction Rebellion at the moment as autoportes are a good way for us to do that and you guys are my family now. Mm, kia ora, kia ora, Rosemary. Kyle? Uh, kia ora, um I'm called Kyle Matthews Takawinga. Um, sometimes Kyle, I um, got involved in Extinction Rebellion in Dunedin when it first started up, but kind of my background was um, back in the 90s, I was very involved in student and peace activism um, and uh, did a number of years doing that um, and then kind of left and got a job and raised kids and, and I've, I've come back to the university to study, I'm doing a PhD on activism here in New Zealand, particularly looking at environmental activism um, and had kind of rejoined um, I guess environmental activism in particular um, just through a growing awareness that the climate crisis was getting really bad and that kind of the individual solutions that you know lots of us were doing were only you know a small part of that problem and that we needed, I guess, a, a kind of an all-hands-to-the-pump approach and that, you know, I felt I had obligations to return to some of the things I'd be done earlier. Mm. Um, so I'm kind of um, most of the way through my PhD, but just sort of starting to think about what I'm learning in my PhD, in particular how to help um, activism in New Zealand maybe provide some, some research and that sort of stuff to make uh, it a little bit better and a little bit more effective, I guess, is, is the goal of my research. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. And Jen? Ah, oh, well, I've, I've been um, really interested in social change and making the world a better place for all of us um, for a long time. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I think that 
My, I think the capitalist system is at the root of our problems and that is causing us the difficulties that we see today and I've been kind of advocating for alternatives for a long time and then a friend of mine said oh have you heard of this new group called Extinction Rebellion and I thought yeah that's the one for me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they sound like where we, what we need to do I mean, and I do think that, I mean, many of us have spent years writing submissions and appearing on to select committees and we've marched and we've had posters and banners and all these things and it really, let's face it, it hasn't worked and the time has come for actually direct action and that's why I like Extinction Rebellion because that's that's our focus really, non-violent disruptive direct action so that we are pushing the government and the authorities to make the changes that are needed um, and I'm committed to that now, I think it's the only way to go so that's me. Cool. Kia ora, Jen. <laughs> okay, and then just before we go on with our topic for the day, I thought we'd begin um, with some gratitude. When I spoke with Jamie a fortnight ago, um, he talked about gratitude being the first part of the um, deep ecology process, the work that reconnects. Um, and it's a good way to ground us. And when we get sort of lost in the despair or grief or anger that comes with um, the work with climate crisis, it's good to remember to be grateful. Or even some simple things. So I will begin, and uh, something that I'm really grateful for today is that my mum came to visit from Invercargill and spent a night with us at home, and it was really lovely to spend time with her. So that's me. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm. Um, oh, my goodness. So I'm so lucky because I live on some land that we were lucky enough to get because my partner's parents um, from England grew up in a very socialist minded time in the UK and there was money left when they died and he didn't want to put it in the bank so we bought land just a little bit of land and we've grown an enormous number of trees and one of my favourite things at this time of year is uh, it feels like putting the trees to bed Mm. we we make hay and we we spread the hay all around the roots of the trees and um, tuck them in tuck them in for winter so my gratitude is for the trees which are growing really big and really strong and producing fruit for us because it sounds like you look after them and you love them them. yeah (laughs) thank you um oh yeah personally i've just spent five weeks on crutches because i fractured my kneecap and i'm incredibly grateful to be off crutches um it has been a small insight into the world of people living with you know that disability which is incredibly frustrating and uh, you know the the world that we have designed is uh, not designed well for those people in mind and and I'm just grateful that it was a temporary visit for me rather than a permanent one it must be incredibly frustrating for them Mm. Mm. yeah well I don't know I'm I'm just grateful that I can look out the window and see the beauty of nature every day in one way or another it's something that sustains me and if it's nothing else I look up at the clouds and I I don't know I just see different things all the time there and and I just need to expand my thinking away from what's taking place right around me sometimes because you know we get bogged down with frustrations and um, negative thinking and just think 
think about the bigger world out there and it is still beautiful whatever's happening in it mm. there's beauty there you can always see something and I'm grateful for that mm. Jean. okay well what we were going to talk about today is a, um, a workshop that's about a dozen um, oh that's 12 for our younger members <laughs> um, our younger listeners <laughs> Um, about a dozen Extinction Rebellion um, people took part in um, on the 2nd or 3rd of July. I should have checked that out before I started. But um, what we wanted to do is we, we were getting together to, um, to work on this vision, alternative visions of the future we'd like to see and our strategies of how to get there. Um, and Kyle had offered to guide us through a bit of a structured process to do that. So I wonder if you could just say a few words to start with, Kyle, about um, the process that we used in our session. Sure. Yeah. So um, uh, uh, it's really a, a model which is quite common out there, and, and it has five elements. And we only really sort of got through the first two, um, and they are first defining a vision of the society that we'd like, and then um, as part of of deciding on our mission as a as an activist group, um, looking at the barriers that are out there to that vision. You know, what what are the things that are wrong in society that prevent that vision happening? So those are the first two stages. Um, and then the further stages, which we're probably going to come back to, is a, um, an analysis of the current situation. And then the last two things you would do is you develop a strategy and then you decide on some tactics to enact that vision. Um, and uh, one of the, the ways I, I tried to inject into the workshop is, is what we're look, really looking for is um, we're very good at um, criticising things and shooting things down and we really wanted it to be... A, a workshop which um, created ideas and really drew on the, the creative vision that people have. And so, for example, at the first exercise we did envisioning started with a drawing exercise which, which pulls on that um, side of the brain that is quite creative and allows people to think and come up with ideas. And we did a lot of brainstorming and, and I got a bit tough with some people that were there about if somebody said an idea and if it was then followed up with someone saying, well, here's the reason why that won't work, that, that we shut that down and we were looking for just a positive contribution because um, that's the pathway, I think, that's going to lead to the one brilliant idea that we're going to take out and do out on the streets or in some protest that, that wouldn't have come up otherwise. It'll be that little voice that comes up when somebody has a silly idea and in actual fact it turns out to be brilliant. So mm. we're really looking to draw on people's creative sides um, to help it, you know, outline that vision and our pathway towards it. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Oh, well, thanks, Kyle. That was and it, and it is really it was really great actually. The positive visions that came out from that. So we we all drew our pictures of of, uh, of of an ideal future that we were thinking about, and and then we we thought of some words to describe those things, um, and wrote those down, and then we we looked at them and, and sorted them out into I think about eight kind of categories which were represented there. Um, of, and these represented the things that we all thought were really important for the future. And um, I can just quickly read those out, if you like, and then perhaps we can 
pick one or two of them to talk about that that we think are are important to us. Um, But the categories we came up with were, one, um, human organisational systems, um, and that is basically an open, equal, accessible, non-exploitative system which meets everyone's needs. Um, And we thought about a a little sentence that describes each thing, something which was not perfect but good enough. and I like that concept as well. Um, and the next one was kaitiakatanga, or nature steward, nature stewardship, um, being responsible to nature in order to look after ourselves and the world. Um, and I think that's the one that I'd like to come back to as important. Um, but then there were spirituality and holistic values, um, and the phrase to describe that which I thought was really marvellous was live in the mystery of the wholeness (laughs) then we had human relationships and community we are not alone we belong in our place we are integrated into our community we practice forgiveness honesty and are accountable to our community and the wider world now that would be lovely wouldn't it And then we had wild nature, um, rewild large parts of the planet and repair damaged ecosystems. We had whānau. We value whānau as the people we move through the world with, draw wisdom from, consciously care for, work collaboratively with and whose contributions we value. Mm. We had uh, knowledge, education and learning embracing the Tuakana model. In safer spaces, we learn together. And I might ask you, Geraldine, just to talk a little bit afterwards about that Tuakana model. Mm-hmm. Did I say it wrong the first time? I think no, I did. Right. No. Um, and then we had, finally, art, exp- expression and creativity. We revel in, in beauty and creative expression and we listen for the learning and gifts. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, that kind of summarises really our, our vision for a, a better future. Um, Sounds amazing. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds really good. Well, I can talk quickly about the Tuakanatena. Yeah, that yeah. would be good. So Tuakanatena <clears throat> is quite literally like older sibling, younger sibling. And what it is referring to is like a model of learning where everyone um, is acknowledged that everyone has something to offer and everyone is a learner and everyone can be a teacher. And we mm. can, um, there's no... There's no idea that you've got the teacher and the learner and it's quite strict. It's like, I can learn off you, you can learn off me, and together we can thrive and go somewhere. Yeah. Wow, mm. yeah. Now that's a great concept, isn't it? <clears throat> well, let's have a little think about what we've just heard. And um, Kyle had an, an idea for a song that we'd like to listen to. Do you want to just say a bit about that, Kyle? Yeah, so this is, it's an old Bob Dylan song from the 60s called um, Subterranean Homesick Blues, and it has this kind of lovely line in it that I like to think about, which is about that the, the weatherman knows the way the weather blows, which I think speaks to what is happening with our world, not only literally with weather, but with where our society is going, and you know, people need to realise what is happening with it. Mm. OK, thanks, Kyle. I'm on the pavement, thinking about the government. A man in a trench coat, bad job. 
Welcome back to the Environment Awareness Show, brought to you by Extinction Rebellion. Um, I'm here with Geraldine, Rosemary and Kyle, and we've been talking about um, a visioning and strategy session that we did a couple of weeks ago. Um, and we just mentioned some of the things that we pulled out from our our visions, our positive visions of the future that we would like to see. Um, and I said that I'd like to say a couple of words more about Kaitiakatanga, which is sort of roughly translated as nature stewardship or looking after, looking after the land that we live in, being responsible for taking care of Papatuanuku, I guess. Um, and to me that is an important thing because I think that's what we've been failing to do in this world we've been failing to look after each other and we've been failing to look after the world that we live in Um, and we need to think we need to take a good look at ourselves um, and start doing a better job with that so Rosemary did you have something to add to that that well I I guess the way I see it these days is the, the amount of degradation in our environment at the moment it kind of means there's got to be some of us who who st- who draw the line and stand up and say no more compromise nature comes mm. first mm. she has got to come first at this stage so that's sort of all i wanted to really say about that yeah. um, we cannot survive without our mother earth mm. too much mm. okay. yeah there's been a reoccurring theme on our podcasts over the last fortnights about um just the way we look at like our mindset around this like the separatism that has occurred like here's the earth and these are the problems and here's me and then we keep having this theme of coming back through the deep ecology and through with Potama we talked about the Matauranga Māori approach to um, to Te Ao Tūroa the natural world is like the oneness and we're all all connected mm. all connected <laughs> yeah. yeah and when we separate everything out 
it's it's harder to live in that. And mm. so, yeah. I, th- I thought it was really interesting that in the workshop, a, a lot of the language that we turned to that had the meanings we were looking for was Te Reo Māori rather than English. Mm. And I think that really signalled for me that, um, you know, that the difficulty that English, you know, as a colonial language, it, it, it is it is related to the way we've, tra- we've treated the world as, as colonists and, and, and in a capitalist society and that indigenous languages uh, I think reach more deeply for us and sort of what we're looking for in terms of pushing that back. So I think it was really interesting that that, that was the terms that we turned to. We turned to whānau, we turned to kaitiakitanga, you know, we turned to these sort of things about mm. that's those are the words that carry that meaning for us rather mm. than English. Yeah. Mm, that's very interesting, mm. yeah. Yeah. So were there any other of those um, topics or you know, headings that I just talked about that kind of resonated with you that anyone wanted to sort of say anything about? So so the one for me that I think is so vital is the one about human relationships and community. Mm. And I just love that line, we are not alone mm. and that we belong in our place. And... You know, when you're facing the reality of, of what the future is, is kind of what's coming down the line at us, you can't be alone. You can't. And, and you can't let it overwhelm you. And we, we can't afford to let it overwhelm us. Mm. We can feel all the grief and, and all of those things, but we've got to realise we are not alone. And I think that connectedness is, is how we mm. manage to turn our grief and our anger and our frustration at the lack of movement by those people in power into action turn it into action Mm. and uh, you have to do that with others so I would love Mm. it, I would absolutely love it if everybody joined Extinction Rebellion Mm. whatever your skills are you're needed and you don't have to be doing something (laughs) out of your comfort zone, although I would highly recommend it. <laughs> but it's also an amazing feeling to know that we're not alone with this with this huge burden. Mm. Uh, why are we alive? Why are we alive at this time? I think there's a reason. Mm. And I think we are, can all be ready to be those people. Yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah, <Rosemary. laughs> that's awesome. I, I just want to say that um, if you feel even a little bit inclined, absolutely, come along to the Centre of Sustainability on the sixth of August at six pm, and you're really, really welcome to join us for our next meeting. Mm. And every fortnight at the same time, same place, six pm. Absolutely brilliant. So, do you have the address of Centre of Sustainability? Oh, I think it was um, one three five. No, it's five six three Castle Street. So yeah. you just come down between the the buildings um, at five six three, the Centre for Sustainability, um, and we've usually we're in the tea room, which is very nice and comfortable. It's really mm. comfy it's great. and yeah. cup of tea, and often there's a snack. And so that's just off Dundas Street. If you come down off Dundas Street. Mm. And um, we'll see you there. Into Castle yeah. Street, yeah. And that's, I mean, yeah. that's one of the reasons why I joined just at the beginning of this year the Extinction Rebellion group here in Ōtipote is just that I like I felt so powerless on my own. And when you join the group, and oh, sorry, when you join, sorry, <laughs> when you join the group, you suddenly you've, you're empowered and you realise yeah, I'm not alone. And mm. no matter how you're feeling, you've got this group surrounding you, and yeah, you can action something a bit more bigger. 
Yeah. Gosh, that whole thing about the, about being in a community and working together, again, that comes back to me as well as the difference between this individualism of capitalism and the, the community and the idea of, of actually, no, we, we're not... In, within society, we're not individuals. We do rely on each other. Mm. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, I think it's about time we came back to that and stopped thinking about ourselves in competition with others, but thinking about how we can help, how we can help each other and help the world around us. Yeah, and in one of our visioning strategy um, meetings, um, someone brought up that something I'd love to see is taking the competition and opposition out of our government and how would that change things if there were two parties that were going for the same things. At the time. Well, mm. if only. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to see, uh, I think that happen. Uh, it's interesting to watch the youth parliament, which only meets every three years for a day, but it literally is people, young people, high school students, standing there debating actual issues and that they're concerned about. It, it, I would happily take them over the current list of politicians that are in there to run the country. It's a vast improvement. Mm. <laughs> so uh, you know, I, th- I think there are people out there that have that, and there's a political system that has broken it. Yeah, has broken us. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's a whole that's a whole other um, episode there, <laughs> Kyle, that you're getting into. <laughs> but look, we're going to be continuing with this work. Um, we're going to be meeting again and, and continuing on from our our, um, our vision and with our strategy for change. So, if you come along and you want to get involved with Extinction Rebellion, um, everyone's welcome to participate. We're we're a horizontal organisation. We listen to everyone. Everyone's voice is welcome. Mm-hmm. So, um, and as Kyle said, you know, it's the ideas that are going to change the world. I mean, they are out there. We haven't got a shortage of ideas. We just need to be able to put them into practice, and and that's what we're all about. So I think we've run out of time again. (laughs) And so we're going to say goodbye. And um, don't forget to go to the Otago Access Radio podcast page. Put in environment awareness um, and you'll see all our programmes there. And tell your friends as well. We'll see you in a fortnight. Thanks a lot for listening. Bye. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.